he smacks me and goes, go get it, buddy. He at that point, yeah, he had never talked to me at that point in the routine before, ever. Uh, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it. He was just so excited. You know, he wanted us to be successful. That made an impact on me. What's up, everyone? This is Kelvin Lamb from the University of Hawaii, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up, you tuning in to Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 97. Not sure if there's going to be a 98, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today we have on Kelvin Lamb and what hasn't Kelvin done in the industry. You're going to love his story from how he got into cheer all the way through his time at Team USA and beyond. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. If it's your second time here, welcome back Everyone else, y'all are family at this point. Tell mom I said hi. If you haven't already subscribed, whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you need to subscribe. You do not want to miss out on anything else we have going on at the show. Also, if you don't follow us on TikTok or Instagram, be sure to follow us there. It is Let's Talk cheer podcast on instagram and jason c dot larkins on tiktok obviously we do clips from the show there but there's a lot of other fun videos and giveaways that we do there as well shout out to my mother sheila claire sarah robin adriana chanel tamara myself my not so mysterious supporter heather peterson of flipside pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there our mate michelle and our newest supporter mike the lean mean coaching machine thank you for all your donations and if you want to financially support Support the show, you can do so for as little as 99 cents a month. Link in the show notes, link in the description. And for those looking for the best free way to support the podcast, and honestly, the most helpful way to support the podcast, all you have to do is share this podcast, send it to a friend, send it to another coach, or post it on your social media. And by sharing it on your social media, you're entered to win the giveaway. Last week, I had a blast talking with the coaches from One Elite, and I look forward to my time with Twist Stars. But if you want to win a free coaches training with me, this is all you have to do. Take a screenshot of the episode of the podcast, post that on your Instagram story, and then tag our Instagram in the post. That's it. Post the story, share the podcast on your story, tag the Let's Talk to Your Podcast in the post, and you are entered. The winner will be announced in episode 100. The more shares, the more entries, and Callie is off to a hot start. We're going to see if she can come through. Someone's going to win. Why not you? I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a guy I can't wait for you guys to meet, Kelvin Lamb. Kelvin, what's good, man? Dude, it's been a while since I've actually seen you in person, so... And what? It, why is it taking so long for you to get me on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, I was taking a minute, man. Dude, you've been doing your thing. You're busy. So I don't even know. Like, But here we are. And it's funny because we've talked about doing 
working together in the past before. Like we've talked about it several times, like, hey, we should get together with something. And you're really, you know what? I, I didn't even think I was going to tell this story, but you're the reason why I decided to go like all in on like posting on TikTok and like starting the Instagram because I remember just seeing your stuff. And obviously we've been friends forever in a day. So I see your stuff online. I like to interact yeah. with it and just, you know, show my love to you, right? And I would watch you go from however many followers you had and then you had like 5,000 followers. I was like, oh, yeah. And then you had 10,000 followers. Then I looked up, you had like 20,000 followers. And I was like, he just posts every single day. He doesn't miss. And so I was like, I've got to start posting every day. So that is the reason why I, and you talk to me about it. You're like, dude, I'm just going, posting every day. Don't care. It is what it is. Let's go. You got to post. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, you, you really dude. did inspire me. And thanks for the motivation, man. Uh, well, hey, I appreciate that. So funny story there. Um, I had just moved to uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area and um, maybe like a few months later. Do you know Dustin Velasquez? Yeah. I only know okay, him, but so I know who he is. He cheered at Moorhead back in the day. Coach Navarro, yeah. Right. So he, I didn't know at the time he had just taken the, the Navarro job and he comes out here. I'm like, Hey, we got to get together. I originally met him a long time ago, like 2009 or something like that in Mexico, right after, like right after I had graduated college. And so mm -hmm. it's been a long time. Um, I taught some camps over at his gym. He owned a gym in Southern California, Lancaster. And then, so when he said he was coming out here, I was like, Oh, awesome. Let's get together. So he comes over uh, to my house and he goes, dude, you got to start posting Instagram reels because I started mm -hmm. making money off of this. And I was like, what are you talking about? He pulls it up and he's like making X, whatever, however many dollars, right, from hitting bonuses and all this. And I'm like, well, dude, you got like 42,000 followers. <laughs> I got like 2,000 yeah. something. This ain't happening. He's like, no, no, no. I promise. I promise. You just got to post every day. I was like, okay, I'll try. I'll, I'll give this a shot, right? So I started posting every day. Yeah. And uh, here I am. I don't know. I'm at like 25K or something like that, which is a ton more than before. But I'm still making zero dollars. <laughs> <off of this>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get there one day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I'm still I don't get it. zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> man, that's Over funny. Man, oh, good stuff, man. <laughs> but yeah, For so sure. that's how I started doing that. So I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are because I see your following growing. Uh, you're, you bring a lot of great folks on your podcast. You um, have a lot of great content. And I feel like this is where um, we as an industry, you know, we need to grow, right? So that there's just more mm -hmm. education out there. Um, and so I really, I really love what you're doing and what you're putting out there, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate, I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you're putting out there for the people. You get down and grimy with the people, like people asking you personal <laughs> questions. They're like, yo, what do I do about this? Like, I need to know. And you're like, man, you're holding the foot wrong. <laughs> I love it. No, I Good stuff, man. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like I'll get some weird ones, 
Uh, and then I'll get some really like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I would do. And then I, mm. you know, have to kind of play through the scenario. So, man, I, I apologize if I ever gave any advice. I was just like, you know what, that ha- that didn't work at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> trying my best right now. All right, good stuff, man. All right, Kelvin. So let's start. Uh, let's start at the beginning, man. How'd you get into this crazy world of cheerleading? <sighs> okay, let's see here. Uh, I think I was in sixth grade. Um, where m- my parents had, uh, they had a, 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 they still do. It's a t-shirt printing business in Hawaii and they had just moved their warehouse location and, um, they moved next to this place called Oahu Gymnastic Centers, OGC. And after school, because they ran their own business, it was either me finding some after school care program or head over to their business and hang out with them, do homework and all this stuff. And so when they just moved, I went over there and then I was, you know, I I was one of those kids that could never sit still. So I went out, tried to explore the area and there was like this canal across the street and I walked around the corner and there's this gymnastics place. And I stepped, I put my head inside and it's maybe uh like i don't know three o'clock or so so that's before any classes start right you're in a gym you know that's like dead time so i go in there's nobody in there the owners of the gym are in there and i'm like what's dude this place is this a like what what do we do here you know um and then so i just kind of hung out and watched as like gymnasts start to flow in and uh you know i'm like watching people like do bars and trampoline and stuff i'm like dude I've always wanted to learn how to do a backflip and do it in a breakdance battle. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So the next day I came back and I talked to the owners and I was like, okay, what do we got to do? I went back, talked to my parents, talked about money and all this stuff. And, uh, and they got me into classes. So I started gymnastics when I was in sixth grade. And thankfully the gym owners were nice because since I was the neighbor, I was just kind of in there all the time playing on trampoline when I wasn't supposed to, wasn't supposed to not in class, you know, so I was just in there all the time. And one day, um, so, you know, right during that downtime, it, it makes financial sense for gyms to try to fill it with other activities so that it turns, uh, non-revenue generating time to revenue generating time right so that time before classes one of those days they had the university of hawaii cheerleaders go in there and i'm playing around you know bouncing around trampoline flipping on the floor whatever and then one of the girls comes up to me and she goes dude you can flip that's pretty cool when you grow up you got to be big and strong so so you can throw girls like me around and i'm like i what what are you talking about and i see this guy go behind her and just go and toss her, catch her in one hand above his head. And I'm like, whoa, I want to do that. And then she was like telling me how I could do that when I got to high school and all this. I was like, okay, sold, right? So seventh grade happens, eighth grade happens. I'm like doing all these other things. But then I got to high school. I remembered that. I remembered that day. And I, I decided to try out for the cheerleading team. And, you know, the re- uh, there's more to the story, but ultimately the rest is history. Yeah. Dude, so. You go, so you start cheering in high school, but you see the University of Hawaii come in, but then you ended up at Sac State. So how did that happen that you went to, did you go to Sac State straight from high school? 
I did. I did. So, um, you know, I wasn't the best planner. Um, when I, I graduated high school and I, I had applied for the university of Hawaii. I had, and then I actually didn't even know Sac state had a program. Um, and then I met, I met, um, who did I meet? I met, I think I met Bobby Biggs at a UCA cheer camp, summer cheer camp at the University of Hawaii, hosted at the University of Hawaii. I think Jesse Beltran was there. Um, like a bunch of like, you know, people we know. Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, I, Bobby was like, yeah, I know the head coach at Sac State really well. You should head out there. And at the time, I think it was rare. It might have been. I don't know. I was probably the only guy graduating high school in Hawaii that could do a full-up lib, a standing full, and a front through to double full. Um, and this is, what, like 2003? So I don't know. It, standards have changed these days, but I, that might have been pretty good back then. And then so Bobby's like, yeah, I'll talk to the coach at Sac State, which was Chelly Ueno. And I, I made the trip out and things kind of just rolled quickly after that domino started falling. And then uh, before you know it, I was out there. Yep. And that's when uh, you and I met because I was at Palomar at the time. You were at, I don't even know how we, we must have just, I remember maybe our teams had a joint practice or we were just practicing on the football fields at UCA. But I remember seeing you guys that year being like, dude, they might pull the upset on Moorhead because um, you guys were really <laughs> good that year. And I don't even know how we end up meeting, but we end up meeting somehow. Yeah. Um, but you guys were really, really good. That like super strong team. Um, I well, I mean, we had we had Miguel Sanchez, who was yep. in. Um, he competed partner stunt that year. He was in uh, Bring It On. Uh, Darren Veers was on that team. Who was yep. who was from SoCal? You probably knew Darren. Um, cause wasn't, yeah, he Darren Palomar cheered. He bit? actually was on Palomar. He was on Palomar. So we graduated high school the same year. He was on Palomar. And then he ended up like leaving us like during the summer. He's like, Hey guys, I'm going to Sac state. <laughs> like really Darren? All right. See you later, man. <laughs> so, but he was really good. Cause he yeah, cheered so, at San Pasquale. So maybe that's yeah. how we met because you guys were probably yeah. talking and I was like, Hey, what's going on? Um, and then, so he was really good. Cause he won partner stunt the following year. I believe. I think he won it that year. Um, I think he won it. Oh, maybe it was the following year. It might have been the following year. You're right. He won in 05. And that was yeah, 04. We year. met in yeah. 04, January 04. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and we had Lindsay Eskelton, who at the time, I mean, they, they, everybody made this huge deal about her um, X triple basket. Uh, so we had a ton of talent, man. Um, I mean, obviously there's more folks that I'm not naming right now, but uh, that, that team was really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Hawaii or Hawaii, Sac State doesn't last long and you end up going to HPU. So you wanted to get back on the island. Tell me about the the transition going back and why you decided that. Like, where was your headspace at with that? Dude, well, first off, I'm impressed that you know that it was HPU and Dude, that on, you man. know that there's a you difference know, between HPU and here's Hawaii. You know, I know you. You're my boy. Come on, man. <laughs> Um, well, just most people, even people that I've known for a long time get that wrong. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, 
this is this is a, a, a tough part for me. Um, so I was at Sac State. I the one of the main reasons for me going to Sac State was this whole notion of Kelvin, you grew up on the island, you gotta leave the island and get your experience in the mainland. And I was like, okay, cool, right? Um, I go there and and I guess um, I was really praised and valued for um, having a standing full, having a double full, like being able to tumble. Um, and although I could stunt a little bit, obviously there were much better stunners there. Um, and I think the, I think it was multiple factors. One, I think I was already um, maybe missing home a little bit. Two, uh, HPU did call mid semester in the fall and said, Hey, we'll offer you a full scholarship if you come back. Well, and this is like going on in my head while I'm paying out of state tuition. And then, um, and then the third thing was, and this is a little more personal for me is I just, I just enjoy, I loved, I, I still love cheerleading, but I just wanted to get better at whatever it was that I was doing. And so, you know, I wanted to get better at stunting and all this stuff. And I remember, um, I remember one time seeing somebody do a rewind and I was like, Hey, that's really cool. Can you teach me how to do that? And the person was like, why? It's not like you're ever going to do it anyway. Right. And I was kind of, I had my, I got my feelings hurt a little bit. Um, and so I went to go talk to somebody else about it and they're like, well, you're a tumbler, you know, you're, you're always going to be a tumbler. I was like, what? Something just didn't sit right with me with that. And so I was like, you know what? I have this opportunity, you know, then they're going to pay for my school and I get to be at home and I get to save money, you know? And, um, and so I was at that point, I was already coming up with all the reasons to, to go home. And so, um, so I just, I took that chance and I went, I, I went over to the, um, uh, back home to HPU and, uh, that year I competed both at UCA college nationals in January and then NCA college nationals in April. Yep. Crazy. Right. Just nuts. Dude, that's a lot. Yeah, for sure. And then you were, and then I'm like, dude, cause I remember my mom or my parents used to get me tickets so when I was cheering at Palomar, obviously we were a UCA school and then I cheered at SFA, NCA school. And so I always would go to the other national championships. So when I was at Palomar, like for Christmas every year, my mom would get me, you know, tickets to not tickets, but you know, she'd play pay pay for my plane flight to go to NCA college nationals. And then, you know, when I was part of NCA, either I would just go on my own or I would be in partner stunts and you know, be able to go and just go and compete. So I always went to both. But I remember seeing you at HPU and being like, dude, I know you're at Sac State. And now you're like, I just saw you like a week ago. So, yeah. So I've always wondered what happened. <laughs> well, and get this. I'm, I'm there and I, I ran into, I had, at the time, I had this crush on um, on one of the dancers at Sac State. And the dance team from Sac State went to NC. I was like, oh. Hey, so that was really it was all <laughs> but um <That's> <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but it was also really cool because 
that was the same year that um, Jason Keough competed the very first uh, one on Rewind dude. in Partner Stunt. And I remember just the Killer. whole arena went crazy. Um, dude, Garrett did like three double ups in his routine mm-hmm. that year. Um, it was nuts, man. Yeah. It was nuts. That it was debut, a cool time. At, and we sound like old men talking right now, but the <laughs> debut. Of that one-arm rewind, when he did that one-arm rewind, like, I, I remember it like it is, like it was yesterday. I remember, he, and it's, it's not like he opened up with it. You know, he pops down or whatever, he grabs her back, he points to his boys, and then he does it, and everyone went crazy. I, I, had, it, I had it on camcorder, so I'm recording it on a camcorder. You know how old this is. I can't even yeah. hold the camcorder still. I'm like, what was that? That was nuts. Yeah. So people do them now and, you know, they make them look easy. But when he did it back then, that was just because I couldn't even fathom because I couldn't do a rewind at the time. Like at the time, it was hard enough to do two hands, you know, and right. catch it with two right. hands. He did it with one hand and threw it up to the top. So it was just insane that that was even possible. So. You know, yeah, it's funny because I look back at the routines. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and nowadays you just have kids just disrespecting that one arm left and right. Like, it's, yeah. it's easy. <laughs> yeah, they just make it look easy. Just easy. And, yeah, it was insane at the time. So that was super cool. Jason Keough, my hero. Um, yeah, good stuff, <laughs> yeah. man. So, all right. Quick, so wait, wait, can, HBO, I, can I tell a really quick H- funny oh, story oh, no. about Oh, Jason go Keough. ahead. Yeah, look, go ahead. Real funny story. So – before this right that's so at the time i saw that right and that's all i knew i was like dude he's my hero too i want to be able to do a one-on rewind okay and i'm going through my career and i'm sure we're going to get to talk to this a little bit later about team usa and all this but mm-hmm. we end jason keel and i end up rooming together on team mm-hmm. usa i'm like dude i'm i'm rooming with the guy he's the guy <laughs> you know yeah um and <laughs> so and like, so obviously, you know, we share a room, there's a bathroom there and all that. We're getting ready in the morning to go to practice <clears throat> and <laughs> you'll be able to see this on the video later. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to demonstrate and you'll just have to laugh and assume that it's funny. But when you see it back, no. you'll know. We're going to make it happen. Is, We're going to make it happen. I'm going to see it right now. He, um, so this is what he does. <laughs> he puts the gel in his hand like this, right? And he's about to put the gel in his hair. And he goes like this, and instead of moving his hands, he keeps his hands still. And he starts to his hands. Like, why would you move your head instead of your hands? <laughs> so that was my first interaction with Jason Keough on yeah. Team USA. After that's all these funny. years of that's the guy doing the one on rewind. Yeah. He puts gel in his hair by moving his head, not his hands. Yeah. That's really funny. Good stuff. Like yeah, the stuff we the stuff we find out, right? That's really and you know what's funny? And I'll tell my my Keo story. It's not actually a real Keo story, but um it's he was phenomenal, right? That partner stunt routine was phenomenal. It's like, dude, this is the greatest routine of all time. But someone had a clip, someone I think I think it was someone on SFA had all the footage from the warm-up room. And it's a bunch of SFA uh, people and Keo's back there. There's a bunch of people back there. And Keo was a mess in the warm-up room. Like, he couldn't hit anything in the warm-up room. And it was crazy to me to see that 
because at the time it's like, dude, this guy is a god. Like this guy is a deity with that routine. And it was really and I saw the video years later. And it was crazy how he came, he like became a human when I saw like all that that warm-up footage of him like just couldn't keep anything in the air in the warm-ups, but went out there, nailed his routine, and you know, and is down as a legend of one of the greatest stunners of all time. So dude, always will be. I mean, shoot, then Oh, and then that was like when YouTube started getting popular, right? And so you see these videos of him and Mitch Budlong doing Mm -hmm. insane stuff, insane stuff where people don't even remember, right? But the double one on rewind and then the the walk-up double libs, double TikTok, like Mm -hmm. insane stuff. Triple ups at that time, back in 2004, 2005, triple ups. I mean, people and don't people even were know. barely hitting double ups. Yeah, <laughs> people were barely hitting straight ups. <laughs> <laughs> True. But speaking of legends, you mentioned uh, Keo, and I forgot the other name you mentioned. Who's the other person you said? I just said Mitch. Oh, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, Mitch Budlong. Shout out to Mitch Budlong. Shout out to University of Kentucky. Um, but speaking of legends, you also cheer. You end up cheering with Andy Brown at um that he that dude was that guy was legit uh so you cheer with him at university of hawaii so how did that happen where you end up going from hpu you decide what made you decide to end up going to hawaii instead so this is an interesting story um i was at hpu one semester had a great time that was the year that hpu won its second ever national championship and so that was their back-to-back year um and so I was like, dude, this is cool, right? Uh, my freshman year, I get to win a national title um, with, you know, one of the most well-known programs in the country at this point because of their performances. Um, and then, uh, right, so let me back up a little bit. That all happened. But right before that, uh because of when NCA fell in the year, we had tryouts before we left for nationals for the following year. And so I'm at the tryout and I think it was at that time I got wind that our coach, Ashley Edwards, was planning on leaving the program. Um, he wanted to pursue a career I believe, if I remember correctly, he wanted to pursue a career uh, in in the performing arts and he wanted to perform on Broadway. Um, And I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, But I just, I just basically, you know, moved out here to be on this program, you know, and cheer for you. Um, Well, nationals happens and all this, you know, I come back and everybody's getting ready for the following year. And, um, and just a little bit of background here. I, I mentioned earlier that at Sac State, I was the Tumblr guy. And then when I come back to HPU, guess what? I'm still the Tumblr guy, you know? And I'll never forget this. It was like, it was really cool, but like kind of like a, oh, type of moment for me at the same time was I was stunting with somebody and I just did a, like a ball up one arm stretch and 
everybody freaked out. They're like, oh my God, he did a ball up one arm stretch. And I'm like, guys, it's a ball up one arm stretch. What are you talking about? You know? And this other, I wanted to, I just wanted to stunt. So I asked this other girl, um, hey, uh, can I stunt with you? Talk, uh, she goes, are you sure? Because she felt like she was one of the bigger girls on the team or whatever. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, um, yes. Toss extension. And I, I distinctly remember doing a toss extension with her, popping her off. And she turns around. She goes, all right, you can punch me in the face now. I'm like, no, like what? I, like, like, can we just stunt? Like, what are we doing? Why is there this whole thing about me being a tumbler or being small? Like, I don't know. So basically that whole notion has kind of followed me everywhere I went up until this point in my cheerleading career. And so we get back from Daytona and um, Christina Fagans was one of the assistant coaches for HPU at the time. And she was good friends with Mike Baker who was the head coach at the University of Hawaii and invites me over to one of their open gyms. And um, it turns out that the year before, right as I was leaving high school, um, Mike had actually offered me a scholarship to go cheer at the University of Hawaii based off of my video tryout. And um, I was an idiot to not take it, to be honest with you, because I went to that open gym and he actually took the time. Well, first off, it was it was weird because I was battling this whole like, hey, look at this Philip QP, you know? And then he was like, Yeah, but it could be so much better. And he took the time to work with me to make it even better. And I was like, you know what? There's something here. There's something about that. And I went to a couple open gyms and like literally two open gyms later, I was doing one and a half ups and then double ups. And I was like, I what is going on? There's something to this technique here that one is not being taught anywhere else in the country at the, at the time. And then probably still isn't. And two, this coach is actually willing to invest time in me. And I was like, I, this, this seems like the right fit. It's, it was serendipitous. And I end up spending the rest of my college career there. Yeah. And that's why everyone kind of knows you. At like you, you rep the University of Hawaii. Like we don't, re you don't really see too much. Like, hey, Sac State alumni, HPU alumni. Like when, when I think of you, I think of the University of Hawaii. So, but you brought up Mike Baker, which obviously is you know been the coach there forever. Is he still coaching at Hawaii? He, he is. Yeah, it's wonderful. There we go. So crazy. So over twenty years, he's been at the University of Hawaii. So tell me about Mike Baker, who he is as a man, who he is as a coach. The thing about um, <clears throat> the thing about Mike Baker, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing about Mike Baker that really stood out to me was not only was he knowledgeable or is knowledgeable in cheerleading, but he's coaching me as the man, not me as the cheerleader. He's coaching me as the person, and he's coaching his team that way. And so, you know, I think. For him, he's the type of person, at least in my mind, that is really good at keeping in perspective what's happening now and what's the bigger picture. And um, that really helps shape not just who I am as an athlete and as a coach now, but um, who I ended up 
becoming and how I can continue to grow as a person. And so that's, what's really special about him. Um, and he'll, he'll put the, the whole, you know, above himself as an individual, which I mean, when it comes to leading by example, that's, that's it, you know? And so I love him to death. He was in my wedding. Um, and, uh, yeah, he made a huge impact on my life. There you go. Shout out to Mike Baker, man. Shout out to Mike Baker. All right. So I want to stick with Hawaii for a second. You guys had that one year where I thought you guys really had a solid chance. I actually thought you guys were going to beat Kentucky that year. So I think it's the, was it the 2006 season? The, wherever year you guys did 2006. Yep. Yeah, 2006. You guys brought up Andy Brown. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring him up again. Come on, man. He might end up listening to this. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, so 2006, you guys have a real shot at beating Kentucky, which at the time seemed just untouchable. But it really, I actually thought if you guys hit hit for hit that you guys would have won that year. So obviously you guys had a drop. We're not going to say who dropped. But you guys have a drop. You guys end up not winning. So how was it like to be like, dude, we could have won this, like to come so close, but, you know, not be able to, you know, take advantage of that moment. What was that like dealing with it? You know, at the time, at the time, I think, I think we all, okay, let me back up. I think Mike Baker did such an incredible job at teaching us what was important that although it felt, I mean, it didn't feel amazing to drop and not win. Um, but I think because he taught us so well, instead of just feeling horrible about the loss, I think we more felt bad for the people that made mistakes in the routine. Like they cared so much that we knew they were down. And so we just wanted to help, you know, comfort them. Um, Cause we cared more about each other than uh, what actually happened. Cause you can't go back and, and, you know, redo it as much as we would love to. Um, but we knew that we worked hard, we pushed hard and we got to a completely different level than, at the time anybody had ever seen. Um, I mean, we're talking about four one-arm rewinds to left in a cheer routine. Um, and the very, like, and the, I, one of the first times I've ever seen any team do front handspring ups as an all squad. Um, you know, I mean, it was an amazing routine, tons of difficulty. Um, but yeah, I think we were more thinking about taking care of each other afterwards than, you know, hey, you know, uh, private little pity party, let's feel bad for ourselves or let's, or, and, and nobody was like, oh, I'm so angry. Let me punch a hole in the wall. Right. That's, I, I think at that time, you know, we, we had a bigger picture understanding and we were just ready to go back and um, after after we made sure that everybody on the team was okay, ready to go back and get to work and come back stronger the following year. Yeah. Now tell me, tell me the truth, Kelvin. Did you cry? You know what? I probably cried more after my Sac State routine. 
<laughs> like that. Because that, <laughs> that was my freshman year. I knew nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I was just like, everybody's crying around me. I guess I should cry. Uh, yeah, so then I started crying. But <laughs> but that year, no, nah, man. I, Look, we'll just talk about it. We'll talk about it. And and if you feel like and you know you want to cut this out for whatever reason, that's totally fine. But no, nope, um, staying in. Let's go. Uh, so I'm sorry, Andy. <laughs> We're gonna talk about you. Um, <laughs> uh, so man, so it was because of Andy Brown, right? Amazing partner stunner that I feel like we even had the um, the ability to recruit the talent that we recruited that year, mm-hmm. that we got to the skill level that we got to that year. Um, like it, he was such a huge part in our ability to get to that level of difficulty and continue pushing. You know, he was a big driving mm-hmm. force, in, force in that. Uh, and he wasn't even a veteran, right? I mean, he was a veteran mm-hmm. in the cheerleading world, but to that on our team, he was a rookie and he was doing mm-hmm. all this stuff and, and leading. Um, and of course, me as the 19-year-old uh, second year on the team, I've got an ego problem because I'm young, I'm an idiot, and I want to be a leader and I want to be seen as a leader. And here's this older guy coming in and he's actually led teams. So, you know, how am I going to compare, right? So I felt like that whole year we kind of maybe below surface level, probably butted heads a little bit. I mean, he wanted to have a good time. I wanted him to fall in line with other things. And he was like, Kelvin, just jump on the train. And there was all this back and forth. Um, And we end up rooming together at nationals. And um, so up until that point, maybe there might've been a little bit of like a, like, okay, we're teammates, but it's not like um, I'd go out of his way at the time to be like, Hey, you know, let's go hang out and do something outside of practice. You know what I mean? Um, And so he, uh, you know, we have like, it's the night before finals and he's having a heart to heart with me, you know? And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, and he's actually – so I middle layer the cheer pyramid, and he's my thigh stand underneath it in the middle of the routine. And right after that, the 2-1-1 tower in the cheer, we go to the, um, we go to the front handspring ups. And in finals, we've hit everything up until this point. And – I'm right in front of him in that ripple of front handspring ups. And he, he brings me down from the thigh stand after we pop down that pyramid and he smacks me and goes, go get it, buddy. And he, he, at that point, yeah, he had never talked to me at that point in the routine before ever. Uh, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it, but like he was just so excited, you know, he wanted us to be successful and so I go and I actually bobble my front hands around. I'm like, nope, Andy said, go get it. I'm going to go get it. And I pulled it right back in. And I had no idea what happened behind me. Zero clue. Zero. Um, 
And then, you know, we get to the pyramid and, um, and people like just seemed exhausted. And I'm like, why is everybody exhausted? <laughs> and, and I didn't even know anything had happened until we got to the, got to the back and rewatched the, the, the routine on video. But man, that, yeah, that made an impact on me. Yeah, man. You know, it's fun. I had a uh, one year when I was, uh, cheering all-stars we go to nca and i think we had nailed the routine right the someone dropped a ball up stretch on the other side of the routine and you know i'm pumped from my perspective we are nailing this routine and our ball up stretches were like right before the pyramid and we do ball up stretches and we go and i'm going into the pyramid and i'm pumped and oh no we did dance first Oh, we did two pyramids. We did the pyramid and then we did dance and then we did like a ending type of, you know, it was back in the day. So, but we, I ended the routine with like an all girl straight up QP. Like that's like was our spot. And I remember like, like hold it up there. Like I was, I remember telling the other base, keep holding it. Like let them know we just rock this routine. Like keep holding it. And we come down and I'm looking at my friend and like all my teammates and, all of them look distraught and I'm looking around. I'm going, what happened? What happened? What happened? Like he dropped, he dropped, he dropped. <laughs> like he dropped. Oh no. So yeah. And then, I, and then, um, you know, actually what's funny about this story is it comes full circle. I did cry. I cried my eyes out. Yeah. I, I bawled for days. I was distraught. Man, I cry every time we lose or when I was an athlete, I cried every single time we lost. It just, it broke my heart. I gave so much to those teams. It just broke my heart, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, my heart was more broken for, for Andy, you know, because I yeah. felt like he cared so much. Um, and, uh, you know, for him to think about me and pump me up before that part of the routine, you know what I mean? Like that, that meant a lot. And so, you know, if, if I, I can't remember if I did or didn't, but if I did cry, it's probably because, you know, I, I felt, I felt the pain that he and everybody else was feeling from pouring everything in that season. Yeah, for sure. No, I hear you, man. All right. So I want to skip the raw championship. I know you guys were the, the raw. Winners. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one even knows what the heck I'm talking about. Like, there might be a few people who go, Oh yeah, they won raw. So we're going to skip that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead man. let's talk about that partner stunt routine man so then you go and you shock the world because this whole time you've been setting us up there's like the the story of rudy right now like the guy you know you're just too small to go out there and do it and so you've been saying i've been too small i'm too small everyone says i'm not a not a stunter and then you go and win nca partner stunts with one of the best routines of all time. So just tell me about the preparation. Tell me about you going out there and what, you know, just tell, you know, tell me about it, man. Okay. I know you didn't want to talk about raw, but I got to talk about it a little bit because it leads up. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So for those of you that don't know raw, literally R A H raw was a TV show that Paula Abdul decided to put on and it seemed like something that was kind of inspired by uh, Randy Jackson's America's Best Dance Crew. 
So it's this 90-minute special on MTV, right? And she's inviting teams from all over the country. And um, we go, 90 minutes? MTV? Let's do it, right? And so we're gearing up to do that. And we get a letter from Varsity, uh, from UCA, saying, hey, that's going to count as a national competition, a national championship. And so if you do that, you can't compete at UCA College Nationals as a team. So obviously, we're devastated. But we go 90 minutes, 2 minutes and 30 seconds. We're going to take the 90 minutes on MTV. And so... um, Long story short, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but we ended up winning that show. And one of the prizes was um, an all-expenses, all-inclusive trip for spring break in Cancun. And so, you know, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, Real funny story on this is like, the camera people in MTV, you know, then, then the, they, they announced that part and then they're like, and you guys get this exclusive feature on American cheerleader magazine. And the camera pans over to these two girls on our team, hugging and crying, making like they cared that much about being on American cheerleader magazine. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they were just happy, we just hit and won. Like that was, yeah, the, <laughs> that was the weirdest thing to see playback. But anyway, so, uh, so we get back from that and we recorded that. It was like two 16 hour days of just straight shooting. And um, in Harlem of all places. Um, and we get back from that. And so we recorded that, I think it, it was sometime in the fall, but it wasn't due to air until New Year's Day or something like that, a couple of days after the New Year. So in that time period, you know, we're like, what do we do? So there's me, there's Kristen Kolkowski, who uh, was my stunt partner. There was George McGuire and Amanda Lucero. At the time, her name's now she's Amanda Watson, but uh, Amanda Lucero. And we're like, you know what? We're the four seniors, you know? Like, what are we going to do, you know? And, and we're like, what if we just all competed partner stunt? And we talked to Mike and we're like, hey, what if? would you be okay with this? Um, it was like, let's, let's do it. Right. But what does that mean? You know, uh, Daytona's at this time and all this is like, well, we looked at each other and literally went like this. We go, I don't need to go to Cancun. <laughs> and they're like, I don't need to me either. Yeah. So we literally gave up an all expenses paid trip to Cancun on MTV's dime. Um, and we're like, okay, we're, we're willing to commit that. Let's put in the work now. So we started uh, putting our routines together and things like that. And at the time, I think they still do now, but we had to go through video qualifiers, right? Um, and, dude, like, l- let me first get this straight with everyone. We already talked about me not being the biggest guy. I have nowhere near the stunting repertoire as, I don't know, what, like the top 15, 20% of the stunners in the country. Nowhere near, right? So I'm over here thinking, what do I have that I can even compete? (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, I got no 
at the time, I was like, I don't even know what I can do that would be competitive. And so, um, you know, we start getting creative with different things. Uh, and, and I'm sure you'll have a question on creativity. So I'll, I'll let you ask about it later. But just to kind of sum up this story here, we uh, put some stuff together. Uh, and literally the two days before the video is due, we come in and Kristen, my stunt partner, has like the stomach flu or something. And she's like literally throwing up in between every single take. And I think that day we might have, I don't know how many we did, but we probably got two hits of, I, I, I want to say it felt like 30, 30 full outs. And um, I remember looking over at her jogging, not walking, not stumbling, jogging back from throwing up in the bathroom because of the stomach flu. And... I just look at her and you know what? I think we got it. It's okay. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And, you know, we just submitted it. And luckily, I don't know how it happened, but we ended up, you know, ranking fourth in the video. And we're like, uh, something's, something's wrong. Something's not right. You know, is this real life right now? And so I guess we're going to Daytona. <laughs> and then we start training harder. So uh, so that was all kind of, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Um, that same year I actually did UCA and NCA partner stunts, but I had two different partners. My UCA partner didn't end up making grades. So we go, we compete for UCA. And as you know, UCA or NCA videos are due in about January, which is around mm -hmm. the same time as UCA partner stunts. So both my partners happened to be from California. We all went to school in Texas. So when I find out she didn't make grades, she was still able to compete at UCA. So we had already had a plan, like, uh, you know, session together to stunt, to get ready for UCA, like in California. But when I found out she wasn't going to be able to compete NCA, I was like, um, what are we going to do? So or like, what am I going to do? Cause I, you know, <laughs> I made grades, you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I remember asking my coach like, Hey, do you mind if I turn in, you know, a tape with someone else? And she's like, yeah, sure. So I called up Bethany Jackson and I'm like, yo, BJ, Ooh. um, you know, she didn't make grades and BJ's a freshman at the time. She was a freshman at SFA. And so I call it BJ and I'm like, Hey BJ, um, you know, Allie didn't make grades. Do you want to do NCA partner sense with me? She's like, sure. So she drove down from North Northern California and we met and I had like, it was like a guy with like two girlfriends, right? Cause I'm, I'm stunting with one trying to get ready for UCA partner stunt nationals, but I have to turn in an NCA video. And so I have like my two partners there and I'm like, Hey guys, like it is what it is guys. And so I remember having to stunt with them like in the same week and we didn't bring our uniforms home. So we wore these PCM uniforms. Like they had some leftover uniforms. We had to turn in your video with a uniform on. And so we're wearing these PCM uniforms and yeah, man, it was a mess. But yeah, we ended up qualifying. We qualified eighth that year, you know, that year that you end up uh, winning. We actually, I think we stayed in eighth place. Well, not, I think we stayed in eighth place that year. Um, although I think we got robbed. Like, I don't think we should have won. Um, I, you definitely should have won that year, but we went so early in the division. Like we are so much better than so many of those couples Dude. and they kept us at eighth place. So anyway. Oh, hands down. You guys, you were the first couple to hit. If I remember correctly, Let's go. I was like, Dude, 
Jason just hit, you know? And I, I just remember seeing everybody else like, what's going on? I, I probably shouldn't have been watching. Yeah. I should probably have been more focused. But um, yeah, but dude, focused. I was really impressed with your routine. And Thanks, I was man. just excited because I knew you. Yeah. I was excited because I knew you. I was like, dude, because you had a great routine. I don't even want to, you know, if you want, if you guys want to watch, you can watch either one of our Instagrams and TikToks. I have, I do a video review of, of Kelvin's um, routine, or you can just watch it. It's just, it's just one of those classic routines. Uh, I say this in the, in the one, but when you did the back handspring full up left, like I, I just remember George going to the left side. And thinking, okay, he's gonna go back handspring left. And when you fold it up, it was like, oh, it's game over. Like he just back handspring full up left. Like that is, and I'm speaking Chinese to some people right now. They have no idea what the heck any of these terms mean. But to back handspring full up left, right, right. <laughs> Actually, I was wondering, I was like, oh, whatever he speaks Chinese. Yeah, that was just <laughs> stupid, man. So, dude, great routine. Um, Thank you. Great routine. Good stuff. Congratulations. Uh, but right now we're going to get to a break and then we're going to talk about you transitioning into your coaching career, San Jose, and just kind of where you're at nowadays. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA All-Star champions, NCAA Collegiate champions, Summit champions, and D2 Summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins, or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. All right, so we're back. And now, Kelvin, talk to me about San Jose State. You had a great career as an actual athlete, but then you want to you wanna coach and you get the job at San Jose State. So tell me about San Jose State and like what you guys, what you wanted San Jose to kind of represent in the cheer world for, for everyone. Uh, that's an interesting question because I, I had no intention of coaching at a university ever. Um, and if I were, I wanted to be coaching at the University of Hawaii. And so uh, with San Jose State, um, before that, so I just won in 2009, right? And then I decided to go on this adventure to head up to Northern California. And I was dating this girl at the time. And, um, you know, I go up there and I didn't even realize that uh, the $5,000 I had in my savings uh, was about two months worth of rent. And so I was broke. I had nothing. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, you know what? I know cheerleading. I know that there's a need for uh, increased safety. There's a need for education and all this. So let's just start a camp company. And I started cold calling folks uh, and putting together my camp company. So I, I wanted to teach cheerleading camps and clinics and all this stuff. Um, and what I learned real quick was when it comes to staff and talent as staff, they're either working for another company already, or you got to train them from the bottom up. And with cheerleading, especially at that time, everybody's really loyal. If you worked for USA, it was USA all the way. Jams, same thing. UCA, same thing. NCA, I mean, you, you know, right? There's a lot of pride. Um, and 
you know, if you try to branch off and do your own thing, it's, it, it, it could be disastrous to your cheerleading career. Um, so I, I learned that real quick. Um, and so I'm like, you know what, there's an opportunity to coach at a university. I'll train my staff there. And so I took on that job to try to train my staff for summer camps. Um, that's how that whole start, that whole thing started. Uh, and then, then I fell in love with mentoring and teaching the next generation that there's a bigger picture to what it is that you're doing, that you can make an impact, not only on the outcome of your cheerleading routine, but you can make a difference at, at, at games, football, basketball, whatever you're cheering at. You can make an impact on the department. You can build meaningful relationships with each other, with donors, with other alumni. And there's this whole big piece of it that I was, you know, that I fell in love with essentially. And so then I kept building it um, and I wanted to build something. I, I said to myself, hey, if, if you're going to do something, do something that you're going to be proud of and do something that the, the people involved are going to be proud of. And so... I was committed to helping that program just kind of be better. And um, I felt like maybe inadvertently uh, it became an opportunity for me to showcase the fact that although I was teaching something different as far as stunt technique goes, it can still manifest something pretty darn cool. Um, and I felt like I did that a little bit at the University of Hawaii with my own performance, but then to be able to go back, teach it and coach it, now there's not just, hey, look what I can do. It's also something that other people can do as well, and it's scalable. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you got the opportunity to coach one of my all-time favorite athletes, all time. She should be top ten, easy, probably top five favorite athletes. Bailey Harris. So you got to coach Bailey. So shout out to Bailey, who's just I I love that kid when I coach her in All Star. So I hope she was you know as good for you. I actually didn't get to coach her. You did? Oh, oh! She told me that. She told she was distraught. I ju that just hit me. She was distraught. She said, "Kelvin's leaving. He's gone." And I was like, "What? Oh, that sucks for you, kid." So anyway, you missed oh, out because that's one of my all-time favorite kids. All-time favorite. She was an awesome kid. I love Coach. Yeah, that kid. I met her. I met her, and she was real cool. She was real like, um, real positive about everything. And so I was like, you know what? This is gonna be great. And then. Uh, a whole series of things happened and I ended up, mm -hmm. you know, I ended up exiting the cheerleading industry altogether. Um, yeah. And uh, I got into corporate sales, <laughs> corporate mm -hmm. account yeah. management. Uh, and so, but, uh, but she, uh, it seems like she had a wonderful career there after I had left. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and that program's still doing well. So I'm real happy for all of them. There you go. Good stuff, man. Well, let's um before we get into the corporate worlds and the the corporate world that you just exited, we got to talk about Team USA. You and I did Team USA in 2011, and then you did it a, a few more years after that. So Team just USA, one. one of the oh, you just did that one year. Oh, just no, one I more did year it one that. year after you. Yeah, one year after that. Yeah, um, because I remember you did a full twist and rewind. And I was like, and that was not our year. So, um. <laughs> But that was honestly, Team USA was one of the coolest experiences I have ever had in the cheer industry. That was just such a 
I just can't describe it. Such a cool um, experience for me. So talk to me about what Team USA was like for you. Uh, okay. So my first year, um, well, so the first year that Team USA ever had something was um, the 2009-2010 year. Um, and I didn't do it that year. Uh, I don't know why. I, I can't remember why. But I did it the following year. Um, so one of those things where it's the second year ever and I'm doing this kind of like how HPU was. But I go, I try out, and um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just speculating, but I felt like people probably felt like I didn't belong there. Um Cause now I'm with like all these big names, right? Uh, you got Andy Brown, you got Jason Keel, you got, I mean, every, um, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, Tony, everybody, like literally the biggest names in cheerleading. I and it is so much talent. Mitch Budlong, like, oh, I, I didn't, that was the, well, that was, that was the year we were on it together. The year before, I think Brad took a year off. Um, yeah, so like we had Sarah McDaniel. You know, we had like, yeah, we had a ton of, dude. Yeah, like that, it, it was in, uh, the practices were at, um, oh my gosh, where was it? Stingrays in uh, Marietta. And, you know, so that was my first year. And I felt like they probably, you know, they got, they got Moorhead, they got Kentucky, they got UCF, they got, you know, all this and then here's me from university of hawaii right <laughs> it's like um so that that was but it was fun i mean it was cool being around so much talent so much talent that they were all humble to each other like that was the coolest experience for me because you know i think before we go in into any interaction we kind of ha- like play out in our heads like hey how is this going to go and i expected I expected something completely different. And when they were all like, hey, what can I do better? Like literally to everybody, including myself, I was like, dude, this is this is something. Um, the year that we were on it, that was really cool. Great Wolf Lodge was insane. Um, and then I just remember a bunch of grown men sweating, running through this hotel, waving wands. Like, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> and then, um, and then the, the way we would just show up at practice and Dave McDowell and Lee Warren, they're like, hey, um, can we try this, guys? Boom. And things are happening. It, it, it's insane to be around that much talent all together all at once. It was really cool. Yeah, for sure. It was just... Yeah, the year we did it together, we just had some some guys on that team, right? Like just some straight <laughs> up, like, dude, these guys are good, good. Yeah, it was yeah. it's insane. Uh, Patrick Miller was on the team that year. Oh, um, just yeah. insane talent. Josh, uh, Josh, what's Josh last name? Gallion, Gal, Gallion from uh, Kentucky, West Georgia. Yeah, Gallia, Josh, Josh Gallia. Doubt whatever you said just now, but he was stupid. First hands he ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like that these guy. guys were good, good. So, uh, Lumpkin was and, on the team. And Arabian yeah. through the foals. Yeah. Like, like they could stu- and they could tumble. 
yeah, that was just stupid. So anyway, well, let's, go um, this way. let's go this way. I, I won partner stunt two years before that. And the only two stunts I do in that routine is a hand to hand pop through and a full lip. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Right. Stupid. So TVSA, great experience. If anyone out there listening ever has the, the, the opportunity to try out and, or to even make team ASA, like it is an unforgettable experience. It's just, it's just crazy. And not even like just the talent. Well, it's one crazy to be around the talent, but opening ceremonies at, you know, at ICU was just nuts. Like the whole thing, it was just such a cool experience. You already mentioned great wolf lodge. It was just such a cool time. And, you know, I, just so lucky to have been a part of it. So let's skip here. Um, you talked about this. We talked uh, a few weeks ago and you said, yeah, I, I left my full-time job. So right now you do, I see you online every day and it seems like you're doing a lot of consulting and, and basically a lot of consulting with a lot of gyms and camps and things like that. So, Tell me about the decision to actually, you know, leave your full-time job and bet on yourself and, you know, just go into it. Just tell me about it, man. Yeah, it's, it's still scary. Um, I don't think I'm at ease at all by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I moved to the Dallas Fort Worth area, um, about a year and a half ago and, um, I was, totally fine just in corporate America making great money. Um, but I mean, I'm always going to love cheerleading. And so I started teaching some private lessons. I remember I told you that story about Dustin, right? Telling me to start posting online. And so I'm like, so I go down to a couple of the uh, open gyms in Navarro and, um, you know, got some stunt videos and I start posting some stuff and obviously like not getting any views on any of that stuff. And he's like, Kelvin, you just got to be, you just got to be consistent. Just do it. One video a day. I'm like, dude, I don't have the time or the energy to post a video a day. Like this is nuts. Right. And I don't have enough content. Like he's like, it doesn't matter. Put something easy, put something, um, old. It doesn't matter. I'm like, okay. You know? And then, so I started trying to find different things. And then, um, I was talking to, uh, him and Nick Crack, who does a lot of the videography for like uh, uh, Weber and all this. And um, he travels around doing videography now. Um, and he was like, you know, a lot of the talking content does really well. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I teach a couple stunt private lessons. Maybe let's try this. And so I put some online. I, you know, I'm learning how to do all this stuff, cutting it, put it online. And um, somebody reaches out to me. He's like, hey, do you teach any camps or anything? I'm like, I used to, I could do it again. Right. And so, um, a couple of them reach out to me. I, and I do a few, um, you know, this is two years ago now or not two years ago, but like last year in the summer, do a couple. And then I take the video clips from that. And this is the craziest thing that somebody's got to explain to me. Okay. I had just posted a video of me doing some double ups. I had just posted a video of, uh, you know, an aerial up or some, some cool stunts. Right. And then the video I post of me teaching a hang drill blows up. 
I'm like, what just happened? Like, literally, literally, I posted it. Four hours later, there was like 53,000 views on it, and it keeps climbing. And I'm like, are you serious? A hang drill? Um, and so, I don't, I'm like, all right, let's keep going. So uh, I keep going. And then before you know it, like now we're probably into Q4 in the year. So that's like, you know, the last few months of the year. And I end up traveling like every weekend to work with some team or, you know, go out of the country, go to, you know, to Finland or something. And it's like, what did I just fall into? And then everything snowballs and, you know, and it got to a point where, um, I got really, you know how they say that the manager can make or break a job, right? Yeah, I think, I think there was a misalignment there and that just gave me more reason to kind of keep doing this because this was something that I loved that I can escape from the normal corporate America type of thing with. And so, um, yeah. And it's, it's fun. It's exciting. And, you know, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to be taking a huge pay cut, but I want to be able to do a better job serving the cheerleading community. Um, and so I decided to just jump in full time. So if you're out there and you're liking my content and you want to support me, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, you can check me out on TikTok or on Instagram. Um, yeah, the Kelvin Lamb link in my bio allows you to look at my services You can schedule a call with me to talk about how we can do camps, clinics, coaches, trainings. I have slots in there for virtual consults if we want to do something like that. Um, and I also do video review um, where I've, I'm actually working on one. I've got to work on one after this, but I do a pretty detailed review and I send it back. And that's like, I don't know, it's like 20 bucks or something like that. Something cheap. I really, I don't know. Everybody tells me I should be charging more, but I feel like this is what people can afford. And I, it's, I feel like it's also something that people probably aren't used to having yet too much in the cheer industry. As far as something high quality, I don't know if what I'm putting out is high quality, but I'm, I'm trying. Um, and so maybe when we're a little more used to it, it's going to be something that not just my, not just me, but maybe other folks that want to be industry professionals can get into and make a living, you know, where they turn their, uh, something they're passionate about, you know, have their vocation and their avocation be one and the same, which is something that's yeah. really uh, cool. And I feel like that I'm, both of us are really blessed to be able to do. Definitely. And real quick, I do video reviews as well, but they are not $20 a piece. So don't, there's there's a TikTok clip. like, don't come for me if you want the cheapest prices. <laughs> come to me if you want the best work. Guys, don't come for me for 20 buck video reviews because I ain't the guy. But if you want 20 buck video reviews, Kelvin's going to get them to you. He's going to hook them up. They're going to be quality, high quality. So good stuff, <laughs> man. <laughs> I was like, 20 bucks is a steal. I'm going to send my teams to you. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, I mean, obviously, right? Supply and demand. If it grows, then I, I got you know the price got to increase. Yeah. But yeah, right now, you know, For people sure. are sending me onesie twosies with like stunts here and there. So um, it's it's funny. Oh, but you're doing like one stunt. I'm doing like full routines. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, no. If it was a full routine, it would probably be a little different. <laughs> yeah. If someone sends you a toss lib. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um. So I'm like, dude, twenty bucks. <laughs> So, um, so I wanted to get into this because 
you spend a lot of time, you know, you're a man of the, you're a man of the people. I go on your TikTok and you're always just replying to something, you know, someone's leaving a comment about, you know, something going on in their life, in their cheerleading career. And then you take the time to sit down and answer their question. So we had a couple questions sent into the show that I wanted to throw at you. So let's, uh, let's pull this for this first one. It's going to take me a while. My daughter is a flyer on a J2 team. She's in the 10th percentile for height and weight. We have struggled for years with getting her to eat and was always told she was too skinny. Now in cheer, her team has brought in some very young flyers who are the same size as my daughter, but the moms keep making comments about how mine is too big to fly. She's 11 and barely 60 pounds. I'm terrified this will lead to an eating disorder. This is a deep question. I know this is, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Can we talk about the standards for flyers that is often so toxic? So talk to me about, you know, just that, you know, what, what, what are you getting from this? Talk to me. Help this mom. Yeah. Out. You ever seen dance moms? You know, the whole Abby Lee thing. Yeah. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like this sounds really similar to that. It's a little. Here's a look. I don't know 100%, but it seems like majority of the time when negative comments are being thrown out, or, you know, somebody's talking about somebody else in that negative light. It tends to come from a place of insecurity. And first off, I'm just going to say this is not a good look, right? But, you know, can't change the world that fast. Um, but the thing is that, you know, I think part of understanding that it comes from a place of insecurity, it... uh at least for me, if I were in that situation, it helps me be a little more forgiving. And then if that were my daughter, it would help me guide her a little bit better. Because I think the thing that I want to focus on with her, especially, like I do have a daughter, she's six. And I want to make sure that she has a really healthy self-image. And that's got to be something that we teach for, uh, for them to have come from the inside. It, it's not going to be something that, you know, like telling somebody they're pretty or telling somebody that they're fit or whatever, that doesn't, it, it can help boost the self-image, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he or she has a healthy self-image on the inside. I think when you help that person or that child by asking them questions so that they can come to that conclusion themselves that, hey, yeah, you know what? Other people like me, but more importantly, I like me. I think it really goes a long way to um, mitigate any risk against eating disorders and things like that. Um, so I think that's that's kind of where that leads me. Um, I don't know if that's the answer you're going for, but I think that's hey, how I would dude, deal with it. Calvin, you're the man. Great answer. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the next question that was sent in. And if you want to send in a question to the show, there's a link in the show notes. It says, like, you know, submit a question of the week. So do that. We try to answer all of the questions that we can, even by springing them on our guests. So here we go. 
I know you work with a lot of teams and I saw you recently, like you said, in Finland, working with what it looked like an adult team or like a college team. So I want to throw this one at you thoughts on adults starting all-star cheer and how to progress, progress quicker without having as many years of training, but having a love for the sport and loving to learn more about it. So talk to me, talk to the people who love cheer. Their adults are getting started a little later in life. Um, Talk to me about it. Here's the thing about uh, cheering when you're older is when you're young, our bodies are meant to be malleable and limber and bounce back quick. And so as we get older, we, um, we offset that with experience and forethought, right, uh, to mitigate injury. And so, you know, if we're starting off new in cheerleading, I would – like if I were trying to, start, uh, trying to start brand new in cheerleading, I would try to make sure that I either remind myself or have somebody remind me to – warm up properly, to cool down properly, and to make sure that I'm working flexibility, mobility on the off time, strength training, all these things to help prevent injury. Because you're going to progress as fast as you're going to progress, but nothing slows progression down more than to have to recover from an injury. Um, and so it's, it's really about taking care of yourself, not just trying to do things safely, but like being smart about it. Obviously there's going to be accidents that happen and people get hurt, uh, and and, you know, fingers crossed, right. That they don't happen very often, but if it's something where, and this is me all day, you know, this, this, I feel like an idiot many times where I just do something where I thought I was still young and then I tear a hamstring or I pull my low back or just something, something stupid. And I I'm out for a long time and I'm hating myself. So that's yeah. got to be the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. It, you know, it's funny. I go to CrossFit and I'm trying to stay in shape and I'm looking at these weights and I'm thinking, dude, I could do that. And I'm like, no, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And I'm not here to try to be the heaviest lifter. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to stay alive. Right. Like I'm just trying to make it to my daughter's <laughs> wedding, you know, like, right. So hey, you know, hopefully I'm I'm, I last longer than that, but in the mirror. <laughs> Right. So, but yeah, but you gotta, you know, it's easy to get injured when you're old. That's for sure. But uh, Kelvin, we'll get to a break real quick and then we'll come back and wrap up with our final four questions. And we're back. And so we're gonna get into our final four questions. You know, I ask these every time, but then I forget them sometimes. So here we go. Question number one, what needs to start, stop or change in the industry? Oh man. Um, I feel like more all-star athletes need to, or the message to the all-star athletes needs to be go to college, get a college cheerleading experience and graduate with a degree. I think, um, obviously it's happening in some places, but, uh, if you think about it, I, if I remember correctly, all-star started with the intent of being a feeder to a lot of these major college programs. And then it took on a whole life of its own, but um, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a vehicle for life experience and something that can help 
get us to the next level and help, you know, and all this stuff. And so um, I feel like that's a natural progression. What I, um, what, what makes me sad is seeing some athletes uh, just want to stay an all-star forever, but not just because they love it, but because that's where they're getting attention. Um, and I guess what I'm saying is I encourage you to step out of your comfort zone, go to try something new where you might not get all the attention you used to get and challenge yourself with building that back up and reinventing yourself and, and trying it in a different arena. Yeah, there we go. Great answer, man. I just posted something. I think it was on oh, my TikTok you? yesterday, TikTok, Instagram that talked about athletes going to college and like trying out college cheer. Yeah, I must've talked about it in a couple episodes because it was a clip from one of the podcasts, but yeah, just getting oh. out there and trying college cheer. Cause it is, it's such a cool, if you didn't cheer in college and it's not the same, cause a lot of people commented, yeah, I do high school cheer or my daughter does high school cheer. It's not the same as college cheer. Although it's school cheer, it's not the same. It's a totally different experience. Try college cheer. Cause it's great. Anyway, here we go. Uh, any rumors, myths or narratives that you want to take this time to debunk it could be about anything yourself mm. university of hawaii all the, the rumors are true like yeah i don't know do. i don't yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know i feel like i'm so removed from the normal cheerleading industry um that i, I don't know if i can really answer this one the way i'd like to um but i mean uh well, what's you? What's an example for you? What, what's something that you talked about recently? Uh, I need a rumor. I need to know. I need this to be dispelled. Where is the best okay. place to get food in Hawaii? Oh, oh, there's so many. But if you are a broke college student, okay, Gina's Korean Barbecue in Market City. Not that the food's super cheap, but for the price of the food, you get the next day's lunch and dinner as well. Like it's, oh my gosh, you go in there, you're like, hey, auntie, how are you doing? And she will pack all that food on. And it's amazing. If you love Korean barbecue, it's so good. And that's where I went, oh my gosh, at least once or twice a week while I was cheering there. Yeah. And it's uh, in Honolulu? Oh yeah. It's literally five minutes from campus. There we go. Good stuff. Gina's Korean barbecue. All right, Gina, we stopping by. Um, <laughs> who else should I have as a guest on the show? We got to get Paul Groom on here. There we go. Paul Groom. Very first, very first full up ever competed. And he went full up left, drop toss, full up right, spinning the opposite directions. Yeah. Absolute legend. Yep. My coach at Palomar. He was just, yeah, he's, he's, he's responsible for the man I am today. Shout out to Paul Groom. There we go. Great one. Um, you kind of already answered this, but where can the people, well, you actually didn't say this one part. You said your TikToks, but where can the people find you online? If they, you know, they're listening to the podcast, they've never heard of you before, but they want to be, they want to follow you online. They want to contact you for a camp or a $20 video review. How can they find you? Dude? <laughs> um, yeah. TikTok or Instagram. Um, that's my social media is, uh, is the Kelvin lamb. That's T H E. And then my first and last name is K E L V I N L A M. 
And then um, if you want to go straight to the link that's in my bio, it's cheermoxie.com. So that's C-H-E-E-R-M-O-X-I-E.com. And it gives you uh, the services that I'm providing right now. And, you know, maybe that'll grow to include other services later, but that's what I'm doing right now. There we go. Good stuff. Get this man paid on Instagram. Come on. All right, Kelvin. Thanks for Making coming zero on. Dollars. You're welcome back. Yeah, zero dollars. Me too. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for having me. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.